Welcome to the India Forum Conversations. In this episode, we speak to Professor R. Nagraj, the well-known economist who has been written, writing widely on the problems with the Indian economic growth process. Early this year, before the pandemic had struck, Professor R. Nagraj had published an article in the India Forum about understanding India's economic slowdown. Today, we speak to him about what has changed since then and what the government should now be doing and what has not been doing. The first question is that, you know, you have said in your uh, recent paper, which was actually pub published in the India Forum early this year, um, again, based on the IG Patel lecture, that structural reform can wait. And what we should be doing now is to boost uh, investment. And at that time, you were talking about public investment. Now, since uh, early this year, a lot of things have happened, of course, the pandemic. And now the government has gone at breakneck speed on reform. It is, uh, for example, the farm bills, then uh, the uh, changing the labor code, uh, and many more things seem to be on the anvil, including privatization of public sector banks, etc. Now, all this, if at all, will have an effect in the medium term, if at all. But in the short term, will it make a difference in terms of catalyzing investment spirits in the private sector? I agree. The government has uh, gone ahead uh, with a breakneck speed to, uh, to implement structural reforms. Uh, I think they, are, they, they took advantage of the pandemic and lack of uh, uh, public discourse, lack of uh, parliament uh, to push through certain reforms which have been on the anvil for a long time uh, and uh, which, are, which are also highly contested. So uh, the government probably believes uh, in, uh, in the adage that, you know, that don't let any crisis go waste. Mm -hmm. And they have sought to they seize the opportunity of the pandemic push through reforms which have uh, which have nothing to do with the, with the pandemic or solutions to it. Mm. So they have used the opportunity to push their uh, their agenda. Uh, mm. So I see that it is an, it is a agenda driven uh, agenda driven reform, uh, not not uh, based on what is required at at the ground level. As we all know, at the ground level, the problem has been one of lack of demand and the pandemic cost and the lockdown cost, you know, large scale uh, internal migration mm. and as you know, displaced uh, lacks of workers. Mm. So instead of uh, facing these issues squarely, the government focused or government sought to divert attention to say that they're doing something, something very important, which will help the economy. Yeah. So, it could have many political underpinnings to it. But in terms of economics, I don't think it will do any good in the short term at all, if at all in the medium term. The logic behind what I have argued is the following. Structural reforms are essentially meant to reduce government-induced restrictions on, on supply. Uh, assuming that the government intervention has been irrational or have been restricting the response of the private sector. Mm -hmm. The underlying idea is if you remove those government restrictions, the private sector will be forthcoming to, to augment supply and therefore the output will grow. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. So it's essentially a supply side uh, response. Yeah. Mm. Whereas the problem, as many of us have been arguing, is from the demand side, not just uh, during the pandemic, even before that. Mm. Mm. So the, that's the reason why uh, many of us have said this is not the time to do uh, reform, uh, reforms. Mm. In fact, in my in my recent piece, uh, I when I have said structural reforms can wait. Mm. I've been more, more categorical on this. Structural reforms can wait, but I know this is both twice quite against what the government is thinking. But in my view, that is not the agenda. Uh, that should not be the agenda now. Our agenda should be how to get to get over the humanitarian crisis in the short run, yeah. and how to get investments going yeah. so that the economy revives. So once the economy speed picks up speed, and if necessary, structural reforms can be can be uh, brought in with adequate discussions in 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 the in the in the democratic in the democratic space. Okay. To uh, build on that, and, yeah, you made it clear that what is being done now as supply side reform, and what we should really be looking at now is demand. And on demand, you have been consistently arguing for to boost public uh, investment, both in your uh, lecture early this year and more recently in the article that you have written for the new volume that's being uh, edited by Sanjay Baru. Uh, now, they're talking about investment. Again, your focus has been on public investment. Uh, do you think that at this point, we can also look at ways to boost private investment or are we dependent on public investment to do so? Yes. Uh, in fact, I have I have explained it in both my pieces this year. Uh, private investment should ideally do a lot of investments in the country. In India today, India is it's a private sector-led economy. Private investments are the engine of growth. Uh, but private sector is hampered by large debts. As we know, during the boom, during the first decade of the 21st century, there is a huge increase in investments and output, which led to what I have called the dream run of India's growth, when economy growth 8 to 9%. But the, the, the flip side of it was that when the, when the uh, when the growth collapsed after uh, after 2011-12, mm. the, the private corporate sector was saddled with large amount of bad debts. So the bad debts of the of the private corporate sector turned into non-performing assets of the banking sector, mm. Mm. and therefore their ability to lend, make fresh uh, uh, fresh lending, got hampered. So the entire process of credit availability for the private sector has been hampered. Hmm. Uh, and in this situation, I have argued the way out is public investment. As you know, public in this public infrastructure investment brings in private investment. Hmm. Hmm. And public infrastructure investment can can release lots of critical supply constraints like roads, ports hmm. and electricity, etc. So once those those supply constraints are relieved by public investments uh, done carefully, it will boost private investment as well, and the economy can get back to to a reasonably successful growth rate. Mm -hmm. So I see I am talking about public sector not in an in a 
in an in an ideological fashion or in a way look uh, uh, i am wedded to only public sector i am bothered about total investments in the country and mm. i am saying the private corporate sector at this moment is not able to do it so therefore public investment is a way out and public investment is mostly in infrastructure and an infrastructure can bring in private investment as well yeah okay so it is a pragmatic response uh, to the crisis we are in mm. so that that's a critical the public sector is the i mean this is the classic keynesian argument yeah uh, where this autonomous public investment can help economy to get out of recessions um the next question to change track a bit um now what we have seen actually again during the pan, you know the pandemic as you said earlier is being used by government to push through structural reform it also seems to be being used by a small number of private companies to establish near monopoly uh, presence uh, now we have seen in the past 5 6 months Uh, for example uh, reliance uh, extended its hold on telecom uh, attracting a lot of foreign investment uh, similarly it is uh, now extending its hold on retail as well and on the on infrastructure side we have the adanis who who seem to be on the verge of becoming the sole private operators of uh, airports in india now this emergence i mean we've always had monopolies in india etc but it i don't know if we've had anything like what we are witnessing now where a small number of uh, uh, industrial empires are present in a number of sectors and in many of them they have near monopoly not just a lot of oligopoly positions but monopoly positions have we seen anything like this before and more important what are the likely consequences for the economy and related thing is the government trying to you know does it is it trying to see it like uh, south korea did you know a few large conglomerates will drive economic growth is that the thinking behind it i mean nothing has been said explicitly but is that the thinking behind this you know what we are seeing the government seems to be actually encouraging these Uh, monopoly oligopolies to emerge yeah i think this is a this is a cause for concern uh, not just for the economy but the politics of the country um, i i agree that we we haven't seen this kind of monopolized industrial structure no to be fair india india always consisted of in indian industrial industrial sector Uh, always consisted of large industrial houses. Uh, if you recall, uh, in the 60s, in the 1960s, the monopolies and restrictive trade practices act was brought in to control the 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 the, the, uh, the monopolistic tendencies of the India's big business. Okay, but uh, and also we have seen during the last decade when the economy was booming at eight to nine percent, it was also. Uh, driven by a handful about a dozen or so of of mm-hmm. what are known as crony capitalists or oligarchs as uh, james crapry mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. mentioned so in fact we have had uh, we, we have had crony capitalism all along and we have seen uh, how crony capitalism affected the out, uh, the outcomes in many ways okay and 
what we are seeing what we are seeing is probably chronic capitalism on steroids mm. so i think we are in for a bigger political backlash if if it comes mm. so politically i see that it can have a severe backlash and in terms of economics uh, we know very clearly such monopolistic industries are not good for economic efficiency and uh, i i agree so one may say that private uh, one may, uh, may say private monopolies are better than public monopolies because private monopolies are more efficient okay but that is not proven anywhere in history doesn't show it to be true and secondly when you have a public monopoly there is always a voice can be raised through the political channels whereas that voice is completely ruled out in when you have private monopolies okay and when you have a close nexus between uh private monopolies and the ruling uh, ruling coalition then it can be it can be it can be very harmful it can be very damaging to the not just to the economy and politics of the nation in the long run so i see that this can this can have uh, this can be very negative for the for, for the uh, for the economy and more so for politics in in the long in the long run so i i i do i do share the view look this is not this doesn't hold i mean this is not a good uh, good uh, trend for the for the for india yeah um, see connected to follow up on that yeah, it is true that uh, you know by any count the emergence of oligopolies are, are not good uh, i'm just wondering whether the fact that this is happening the government is not saying anything the regulators are not uh, uh, doing anything i'm wondering whether this is an unsaid policy to build up these so called global players um, they think that uh, that is what happened in south korea and that is a route to take uh, do you think there is anything there? i mean this is just speculation but do you think there could be something like that otherwise the i mean the ease with which this is happening the only other explanation could be that it is political patronage but Uh, we know that the the korean system yes korean system has built uh, you know a uh, uh, world beating companies uh, but it's also true the, the korean uh, politics has been very severely damaged by by, by the by this uh, by this system yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and korea has become extremely unequal society on account of this uh, and therefore uh, and korea also had a strong um, i mean a nexus between military and and, and big business mm -hmm. so uh, therefore korea is not uh, is not a kind of a uh, right model to think about and india is is several times the size of of korea mm -hmm. korea is a full six you know uh, yeah. uh, uh, 6 million uh, 60 million 60 million people yeah. whereas india is a 1.3 billion yeah. therefore i think the political portents of trying to copy or emulate the the korean model yeah uh, yeah Could be could be far more uh, consequential uh, yeah. on the adverse side. Yeah. Uh, so I I see if if some somebody has theorized the way you have you have you have uh, you no, have. Uh, I don't think that. Uh, no. uh, I think that's a that's a uh, that I see may not be good for uh, for the either economics or politics of the nation. Mm. Uh, yeah. I don't. Oh, think, I see. Uh, anybody has theorized it, but I think somewhere I thought I saw some, you know, speculation that whether this could be. 
but as you said that this is something to uh, worry about um, the next question something about something that you wrote very recently just last week or rather in the middle of uh, october uh, on this uh, new offset policy um, actually for some of us who are not following the news it was a surprise because we didn't know that uh, it had been changed as recently as end september to, to do away with this offset policy in defense that is uh, you know asking foreign suppliers of uh, defense equipment to transfer technology or set up production units here now this again is very strange at one level the government is talking about self-reliance a new emphasis on self-reliance and something like this a major uh, sector a major policy it is going completely in the opposite uh, direction now what does this say about government policy yeah this is what has been uh, been i mean i've also been baffled by this i can uh, as of now my, as of today my view is the following that there is a complete disconnect at least from the stated objectives of what government says and what it does mm -hmm. uh, so uh, so there is a there's a complete disconnect uh, and and the disconnect is showing up in various uh, in various policy decisions mm -hmm. uh, uh, even while uh, if you say even I mean, connecting with your earlier question if you are trying to build uh, you know domestic uh, um, uh, strong monopolist domestic monopolist uh, uh, so that they take on the world tomorrow but we find that the the strong domestic monopolists in the making are themselves beholden to technology and capital from abroad mm -hmm. completely yeah. so therefore uh, one sees a contradiction. S similarly, here in the in this case, while we say Atmanirbhar Bharat, uh, which we as a as a national goal, where we we all we all feel committed to it, we fall agree to it. But what government is doing systematically the opposite of it. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the the research we quoted uh, in in the paper clearly shows whenever government took a strong and clear stand on offsets, it has helped India. Mm. And we, there's an example quoted from aerospace industry. Mm. The day the government relaxed the rule and and the the exports collapsed on account of uh, offsets. So here's a clear case where policy dilution is not good for India. Mm. And we are doing it. We have done it in aerospace, and we are we are repeating in a bigger scale in 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 uh, in defense. And we are practically given up an important instrument for developing the domestic technology and uh, capabilities. So I think it's a it's a completely negative. Uh, and I hope I hope what you have said resonates in, in the right in the right quarters and hope some correction is taken. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a very serious uh, negative step and it's complete disconnect from what the official stand of the government with which we all agree. Um, the last question, Agraj, uh, you know, um, this is about again reviving economic growth to go to the microeconomy. Uh, when talking about, you know, how to revive growth, um, again, something new that is being said in the past, it's not the past month, but in the past six months, one year, which was not talked about earlier, is about the need to rebuild trust. Rebuild trust so that private investors get feel more confident about making investment that that there is an atmosphere of 
fear in the air, you know, fear of investigations, fear of harassment, and a general overall uh, fear about um, social fabric being uh, frayed. Uh, this also is something new, isn't it? I mean, we even had that that kind of issue in the past uh, 60, 70 years where, you know, the public discourse has been around, you know, how do we rebuild trust? You know? There have been various other issues, whether, you know, the, the license raj or falling public investment, uh, import controls, etc. But this, to me, seems the first time we're talking about trust. Trust is very important to uh, revive investment and with that to boost growth. Sorry, so is, is, is this something new and what does that tell us about the current macroeconomic situation? I, 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 I share the concern which you expressed and I think I have, have written about it also. Uh, yes, see, domestic capitalist class or various sections within them have been part of India's political economy right from independence. Uh, and uh, and always, this, even when there is a rhetoric of, uh, of socialist uh, you know, pattern of society, increasing role of public sector, but there is always a clear channels of communication between the uh, between the, the government of the day and 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 the and the, uh, and the business community, uh, and uh, there are, and these channels of communication happen through uh, various uh, uh, for, uh, chambers of commerce meetings like FICI, ASOCHEM, uh, CII. So through these meetings, uh, I think the government communicates its intent and also gets a feedback uh, of, of, of from from the community from the business community what is lacking or what are the uh, missing uh, links in the uh, in, in the policy making so and even when there was a rhetoric of anti anti monopoly anti capitalist class rhetoric but at at the level of decision making i think the indian uh, ruling class uh, regardless of party always took the capitalist class in confidence that their interests will not be will not be hurt. So you know, if you recall, India never you know India never nationalized any industry without compensation. India always, if you recall, in the 60s and 70s, there have been fair amount of nationalizations. Okay, but it has always been with compensation. So India, it has never been expropriation of the kind one hears mm -hmm. in say in Africa. So therefore, Indian ruling class or, or ruling parties or coalitions, they always took the the ruling uh, uh, business community, the, the, the prominent business communities, on board in, in taking these decisions. Mm. Okay, but I feel in the recent past, some of the trust seems to have been broken. Uh, uh, so uh, when when Mr. Mohandas Pai, who is an industrialist and who is also very close to the uh, supposedly close to the, the ruling coalition when when he makes a public statement of the kind which you mentioned about the lack of trust and businessmen don't feel comfortable i think there is something something to be uh, to be noted i think something to be uh, so i think uh, this is a serious issue there's a feeling that if uh, if the government, uh, if you do certain things, if you then mm, there is uh, 
you may be prosecuted on 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 something is something new it looks like uh, and my limited interaction with with uh, with, with uh, a few chambers bombers meetings also gave me uh, uh, some glimpse of what what was what was said in public mm -hmm. so i think and by and large the feeling was the same though there doesn't seem to be adequate channels of communication between the government and the business community which is hampering uh, investments and growth yeah. so i think it seems to me to be a new new a new uh, new trend uh, which was not there before so i think it and it is not in the interest of the nation yeah um, thank you uh, dr nagraj you come to the end of our uh, uh, podcast uh, thank you for spending time with us to discuss um, the current uh, microeconomic uh, issues. Thank you, Ra. Thank you for the invitation.